0: Hi everyone. In the last few weeks and months I've had conversations with people who have been distracted, confused, disappointed, depressed, stressed. They've not always been the easiest of conversations and maybe you've had similar conversations. Maybe you're feeling one of those things yourself. I've talked to others who have been experiencing a range of emotions including those. But they have carried with them a joy. It's a joy that cannot be taken away by the circumstances they're facing. Today, I want to help you, if you've lost that joy, to rediscover it. And if you've kept it, to find a way to nurture it so that it might grow. And perhaps even if you haven't ever had it, to discover it for the first time. I'm going to read to us from Matthew's Gospel from chapter 4, verse 18. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. About 300 years after that was written, somebody pointed out as they pieced the Gospels together that this wasn't the first time that Jesus met those men. In John's Gospel, we've got an account of those first meetings. And in Luke's Gospel, we've got an account of Peter catching fish after having fished all night. So this isn't the first time that Jesus has met these men, but it is a defining moment. And we, a couple of thousand years on, get the advantage of having read the first few chapters of Matthew. And we can see that these ordinary fishermen were faced with the one who created the heavens and the earth. The one who was born to be the Messiah. The one who was filled with the spirit of God at the baptism by his cousin John in the river Jordan. And the one who faced down the devil in the desert when he had fasted for 40 days. The Son of God, the creator of the universe, was with them by the Sea of Galilee. And he, he says to them, come, follow me. Come, a simple invitation to relationship, a relationship with God that represents the restoration of Everything that's been broken since Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden. Follow me. An invitation to repentance, to a new life in the kingdom of God. And an invitation that comes to be together. Notice that Jesus doesn't issue those invitations to individuals, but to pairs. Tom Wright, the theologian, says that fishermen made good business. It wasn't luxury. It wasn't poverty. So there must have been something profoundly magnetic about Jesus's personality and presence that meant that they were willing to leave behind their identity, their livelihoods and their families at that point. They followed, they made friends and they changed the world. They changed the world as we know it. The rest is history, but it's not a completed history because it's a story that we are involved in. If you're a Christian, at some point or in some period of your life, Jesus made himself known to you. The Spirit of Jesus came to you Perhaps you were by yourself or with other Christians or reading the Bible. You had an encounter with the living God. And that encounter was a way through which God invited you into that restored relationship. You would have heard something along the lines of come. You would have heard that invitation back to your home in God. And you would have heard an invitation to follow, to say yes to God. And when you said that yes to him, you opened yourself up for that yes to be tested in the world, tested in a world that brings distraction, stress, grief, And confusion. For many people today, being a Christian feels like an invitation to be an amateur philosopher on social media or in the workplace or wherever. And there's all sorts of confusion that we face as Christians today, as well as that stress and that grief. And our following of Jesus, if we're honest, can go from the skip with which we started to a trudge. And even for some of us, your following of Jesus may look something like a toddler standoff. The question I want to ask you today is, what pace are you following Jesus what pace are you following Jesus? Whilst you're thinking about that, I want to just speak briefly to anyone who's watching this who isn't a Christian. If you're not a Christian, I'd want to say to you that following Jesus is the most amazing adventure that you will ever have. You will start that adventure not knowing where it's going to end, For three of those four men who said yes, they end up being martyred for their faith in um, quite brutal circumstances. But the life they lived and the life they gave to others was extraordinary and changed the world. We don't all end up as Christians with such dramatic lives and deaths. But we do end up knowing the one who invites us into that relationship, the creator of the heavens and the earth and the one who loves us like no other. So back to you, Christian. What I want to say to you is whatever your answer to the question, what pace are you following Jesus? I want to encourage you to look up, to look up from the feet with which you follow and to see who it is who first said to you, come, follow me, to see that the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one who was born in a manger in poverty, who lived the most extraordinary life that has ever been lived. That he says to you despite all our faults and our failings he says come and when we look up to him we see what he's done for us we see that he's died in our place he died the death that was ours and he has been raised to a new life that we can live now and one day we will live for eternity with him in the new creation, in the new heaven and the new earth, where everything will be made well. And then we remember when we look up and we see him or what he's invited us into, in that relationship, into that relationship with him. And then we can take the next step. Just The next step, and then we'll do the next step after that. One theologian, a guy called Stanley Howard, says that in Matthew's gospel, the disciples are constantly distracted, confused, disappointed, but they kept following Jesus. They kept following Jesus. Those who respond to the call come follow me, are the people who carry that joy, whatever life throws at them. This is the amazing gift of Jesus.